we're definitely seeing a shift over the last, particularly I would say three to four years, maybe five years towards people finding us more for the ethics of our business. So one challenge uh, that we overcame, um, I would say manufacturing a product, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. You can plan out as much as you want, but you have to be okay with the fact that there will be challenges. Staying focused on your priorities is really important. So making sure you know what you're supposed to be doing. Welcome to this episode of Woman Powering E-Commerce. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday as I take you behind the scenes of my journey as a female e-commerce entrepreneur. Together, we'll explore the highs, the lows, inspiring you to take action and achieve your own business goals. So let's get started. All right. Well, today we're diving in with Christy Sumer. So Christy is actually shaping the ethical fashion scene in Toronto with her brand Encircled. And she's all about sustainable style, leading with integrity. And another great thing I learned about Christy is that she also has an Insta star golden doodle named Harlow. The dog has the cutest Instagram page. So welcome, uh, Christy. Happy to have you today. Thanks for having me, Susie. She may make an appearance because she's just oh. out for a dog walk right now. She always <laughs> comes in to say hello. So you see a ginger golden doodle. That's who that is. <laughs> that's wonderful. I, I looked at the uh, her account and it, that dog is like the same as mine. It, I could have mistaken uh, it. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, lovely so dog. Cute. Yeah, they are. So um so Christy, you and I met um, a few months ago around a female networking event um, through a wonderful community. I'm just going to shout it out because it's really good. It's a uh, it's a community for experienced e-commerce sellers. It's called uh, e-commerce fuel. So just a shout out for uh, Andrew and Patrick. Definitely go and check it out. So here we are today. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about your background with Encircled, but um, before Encircled 2, I think your early days were in management, consultant, maybe walk us through a little. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'll give you kind of like the long story short. So yeah, okay. <laughs> I've been doing this a while. So I started Encircled almost 10 years into my career. So it wasn't like I came out of undergrad and started a business. I was already mm -hmm pretty far into a corporate career, um, bouncing around between, you know, consumer packaged goods and uh, consumer services. And then I ended up in management consulting after doing my MBA and thought I had found my dream job for sure. Um, and I did love many aspects of it. I loved, I worked in retail was actually my vertical. Um, I enjoyed the travel. I think the travel was a little bit difficult, but I did like it. I loved working with the companies I worked with, but at the end of the day, I didn't feel very fulfilling emotionally. Yeah. The, I didn't feel like I was like partnering with brands necessarily that I wanted to see do better in the world. And I think that's kind of all came to a head. And just in one fateful moment when I was on vacation, actually traveling for a yoga retreat, mm -hmm. I came up with this product idea. And I was like, I think this is kind of smart. And then yeah. I was like, should I do this as a business? And it literally spun out from there and formed into what is encircled today. Mm, 
That's amazing. And talking about InCircle, I think your mission behind it is great. Um, you kind of um, pivoted a little bit during your couple of years. Um, so what are you focusing on more today with InCircle? Yeah, so we've always been ethically made. We've always been made in Canada, which, you know, mm-hmm. less than 2% of brands, I think, are making their clothing yeah. here. Uh, which is crazy. Um, So we're definitely in the minority in that sense. But that's always been core to our business. Um, We've always been small batch, sustainable. We became a B Corp in 2018. Uh, Those values have always lived with us. But I would say the biggest shift is like the brand started as a travel clothing brand, originally inspired by my love of travel and need for travel clothing Mm -hmm. that I could go carry on only with and still be stylish and comfortable. Um, And I would say today that's still a big driver for purchase with a lot of our products, but we're definitely seeing a shift over the last, Mm -hmm. particularly I would say three to four years, maybe five years towards people finding us more for the ethics of our business than um, I would say the travel and like the quirkiness of some of the products and stuff like that being like versatile so -hmm. that's like a new change we still focus on making these really comfortable wearable high quality wardrobe essentials uh, which is really core to our business and we do play around and have these fun pieces from time to time you know a jacket that turns into a dress and stuff like that but um, definitely we're still just really focused on doing the fundamentals really really well in the business but I think the consumer landscape has changed quite a bit in the last little while, I would say in particular in the last three years where people mm-hmm. are looking for more ethical options for yep. their clothing and home goods and beauty. So that's becoming more of a driver for purchase. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love it. And yeah, about traveling. The, two, last week, two weeks ago, I was on a plane and I was wearing those jeans. I'm like, I should have thought this out <laughs> before. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so uh, yeah, still a need. But I love the fact that you now want to really... Um, take into account what the customers are really interested in and you you really go along with your your very customer focus and that's wonderful that really makes uh you unique so uh thank you for that thank you for for doing that for for canadians (laughs) so um so yeah i'm sure i mean it's been almost maybe a little bit over 10 years that you've started in circle i think so i'm sure it was not a linear, straight, easy line all along. Um, could you maybe give us uh, one challenge that you faced and how you overcame it? Yeah, so we're coming up on our 11-year anniversary, wow. which is crazy. And yeah. I'm coming up on my ninth year of quitting my corporate job, wow. <laughs> which is like beyond me. Yeah. I never thought I would last even a year, to be honest. But yeah. Um, so one challenge, uh, that we overcame, um, I would say manufacturing a product and I'm sure you can relate to this Mm -hmm. is just a very difficult process. Like there's so many pieces that have to fall into place at the right time, the right place. And like, even if you're lacking in like one little aspect of that process, Mm -hmm. if you leave too much room for like assumption, Things can happen that you don't want to happen. So you can literally make, we've had situations where product was made out of the wrong fabric. Um, And then, you know, we use a lot of um, these iron on labels for comfort. And then they iron on a label, which has a different content. So you can't even sell this product at that point, or you have to try and get the waistband off. So, I mean, I would say that's probably the biggest challenge we've had. And that just increases in gravity year over year. Because like when we made, 
you know, 50 leggings like that, you know, eight years ago, it wasn't that big of a deal. It felt very drastic. Yeah. But now when you're running thousands of pieces, like that just mm-hmm. necessitates to have a lot of processes behind the scenes kind of directing that. And mm-hmm. things still always go wrong. And that's what mm-hmm. I think is really important for entrepreneurs to know. You yeah. can process the heck out of stuff and you can plan and you can be communicative, but there's always going to be, you know, that room for error because there is a very human element to manufacturing uh, yep. specifically with clothing as well. It's all handmade. There's no robots sewing it. So um, it's just, it's something to be aware of. And I think that's a unique challenge that specifically product-based businesses face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get you. We just had this uh, really huge inventory failure lately because uh, I'm in the health industry and we have those expiration dates and then we just didn't forecast properly. And then we just have, we're left with all this stuff that we just have to liquidate or do something about it and then you know it's manufacturing inventory you we we see it all and like you said um in the end you can plan out as much as you want but you have to be okay with the fact that there will be challenges there will be problems and you just have to be okay with you know handling those every single day and just uh, you know crossing things off a list and Mm -hmm. finding solutions so absolutely um and I'm curious. Um, I mean, every time we talk, you feel like you're this superwoman doing it all. How do you deal with time management? How do you do you feel like you're delegating enough? Um, do you feel like, you know, you got it all pretty t- together or just I think that's a, a common uh, thing that we all uh, go through and find challenging sometimes as an entrepreneur. Mm hmm. I think that's like one of the biggest challenges is prioritizing your time and making sure you're working on the right things in your business. Um, Mm -hmm. I do some coaching in another business that I have, and that's often the biggest issue to scaling is founders getting stuck doing things that aren't maybe income producing activities. Mm -hmm. I would say it is hard. I'm still very heavily involved in the marketing side Mm -hmm. of the business. I mean, that's my background. It's kind of what I'm generally most most effective at. Um, but I think it's, it's a, it's something where you have to look at like where your strengths are. And I know people are like, Oh, you should like develop your weaknesses, but you know what? Like at my age, like <laughs> where that ship has sailed. I'm not developing my weaknesses at this point. No. If I don't like supply chain, then I'm not going to be involved in supply chain. I'm going to no. find somebody who can do that better than me. Um, yeah. and then that brings a little bit of joy back into my life. So I think it's about having the right team members in place and, We've got a very uh, different setup, I would say, than we had like even four years ago where, Mm. you know, probably 40 percent employees, 60 percent freelancers and agencies. So we're very much uh, more heavily weighted into the freelancer and agency world now than we were ever before. Mm. And that's because that specialization just makes such a difference in terms of efficiency, at least in our experience. So I think having the right team is key. Um, staying focused on your priorities is really important. So making sure you know what you're supposed to be doing, um, the week, you know, when you go into your work week, I always look at my schedule on Sunday and I say, okay, what are my three priorities for the work week? I'm going to work on black Friday, cyber Monday. I got a holiday Mm -hmm. shoot. I've got, Mm -hmm. you know, this, these retention emails I want to do. And I make sure I block out that time in my calendar in advance for all that work so that 
all that stuff that comes into your inbox, it's like 911 emergency. You know, it, you get to like pause and evaluate, do I actually have time to yeah. deal with this mm-hmm. or should I actually be working on what I'm working, what I said I would work on at the beginning of the week. Um, yeah. So I think those two things are key. And then as much as possible, trying to delegate for sure is yeah. a great option, even in your personal life. Like that's important too. like knowing when, you know, when it's better sometimes to like just order those groceries in versus going to the grocery store yeah. or you know, having a dog walker, I love my dog, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's good for her to get out and get a walk with somebody else. So, you know, knowing where you can optimize your time without fully outsourcing your life, I think Mm -hmm. is really key to being productive, but nobody really has it figured out. Even if it looks like I'm super productive and have it all figured out, you know, everybody struggles with time management. It's just an ongoing learning lesson. Yeah. And I realize we have it, we feel like we have it figured out for one day and then something comes up and everything shifts. So you have to start again. So it's something you just mm-hmm. constantly have to manage. Um, yeah. And I'm curious about the, um, the freelancing, uh, you talked about specialization. Is there a reason why you're freelancing that work? Is it because there was a lack of people in your area that you could just, uh, contract it to, or what brought you to the, to have everything more remote? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we've struggled with hiring over the last yeah. um, few years, probably since 2020. There's been like a big exodus, I would say, in HR, yeah. like a lot of people moving roles or going yeah. freelance themselves. Um, so that's created a labor market, I think, specifically in our market in Canada. I can speak to Ontario, specifically mm-hmm. the province I'm in where it's hard to find people. People don't want to move jobs either because there's also a bit of a recessionary economy right now. There's a lot of fear. So taking a leap to like a smaller business can be quite scary. Mm -hmm. So I've just found that we struggle to find the right digital talent. And I think marketing is tough because you really need people who have a bit of knowledge about everything um, to a certain extent, yeah. like a generalist is really great, but that's also really hard to find because if you yeah. pull somebody from corporate, you know, maybe they've got depth in email, but they don't understand anything else. Mm-mm. So, so I think it's just been a tough hire as an employee to get the right people. Yeah. We still do like majority of our employees are in, um, like the design and production side of our business where we still are able to find really, really great talent, mm-hmm. quite frankly, which is awesome. But it's like that digital marketing and even customer service side uh, where we've had to really get creative. And we just we actually just implemented a tool in our customer service um, inbox that's AI driven mm-hmm. uh, to help. And it responds to like emails and social messages wow. and stuff like that. Uh, it takes a lot of training for that tool yeah. to get up and running and whatnot. Like we had a person part-time training it for a month um, or more and still ongoing refinement. But we're doing that because it's becoming harder and harder to find people who work mm-hmm. in customer service. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, we've had to kind of get a little bit creative, I would say, in that respect. Um, and I'd love to find some amazing hires full-time. It's just, it's not been in the cards for us, at least in the last 24 months. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. We, the AI tool is, I mean, it's coming at a good time <laughs> for all of mm-hmm. us who are struggling to find some employees or uh, freelancers. And uh, I definitely agree for the marketing side of things. With time, I realized that you can have one marketing role and they have the same responsibilities, but their experience and and skills can vary so much. I We've hired a few roles and they look similar, but they're two they have very, very different skills. So it, it can be very uh, challenging to find someone that suits your company and your needs. So um, yeah, love it. Thank you so much. And 
maybe with all of these years that you've gained your experience, is there, when you go back and think, is there a piece of advice you would give to other entrepreneurs or even your, your, yourself from 10 years ago, um, from what you, you've learned along the way now? I think, yeah, I think it's good to be, and I know this is a hotly debated topic probably in the industry a lot, but I do feel like it's good to be known for something very yeah. specific. Mm. Um, the internet is a big place uh, and it's really hard, depending on what category you're in, of course, but if you're looking at like beauty, jewelry, accessories, clothing, like those are very saturated markets um, with a lot of fragmentation. And it's better if you're niche down on something specific and the more specific you can be and the yeah. more problem solution oriented you can be, the easier your marketing journey will likely be, which mm -hmm. is challenging in some industries, fashion specifically, and probably yeah. jewelry as well, because it's very style driven. Yeah. Um, but I do think it is helpful because otherwise you kind of get caught in the noise. And I do feel like with our ethics um, and our values, um, with that coming forward and center, I do think it's a differentiator right now. But in the future, at least my hope is that from a sustainability standpoint, that you know, the Canadian U.S. government start regulating some of this stuff and requiring companies to mm -hmm. certify that they're free of sweatshop labor and free of harmful chemicals and stuff like that. So I don't know how long long that will like the longevity of that in terms of, of a differentiator, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that's like really important is to think about like what's that hook mm -hmm. that can get customers in and understanding, you know, why you're different. I think you don't have that much time with them and our attention spans are decreasing mm -hmm. every day. Um, like thinking about 10 years ago and how many emails are in your inbox and stuff like that. Yeah. So the more you can kind of stand out for being known for something, I think the, the easier it will be for you to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really wise. Um, I used to my first e-commerce years, that was uh, like almost 15 years ago. I had this uh, online drop shipping uh, e-commerce store for purses and it took not so long to realize I was uh, competing with Macy's and all those big brands. So uh, you need to niche down. You need to make yourself unique. So definitely agree with that. And you were talking about regulations and certifications. I think uh, at Encircled, you have a, 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 some type of a certification, uh, the B Corp uh, certification, mm -hmm. right? How, uh, for someone who's interested maybe in that, um, how does that work? What, what's, what does it mean? Uh, what does it mm -hmm. take? Yeah, so we pursued that certification in 2018. Um, we actually started looking at it, I think, two years prior. And one of the reasons why is because we started to see more and more greenwashing and ethic washing happening mm. in the industry. And it was just like, how do you stand out from that? And mm. who's going to say you are actually ethical? Yeah. Um, so it is a moniker to a certain degree, I would say, of the ethics of your business, how you govern your business and pay your employees and your mm -hmm. suppliers and stuff like that. Mm. I wouldn't say it's like a perfect certification. So it's yeah. not like it's saying you're, you know, like it's not like 100% of B Corps are paying living wages because, mm. you know, it really depends on the assessment. Um, and basically the way it works is you work with this uh, the B Corp lab and you go through an assessment 
with your business and mm-hmm. answer a bunch of questions. It's quite long. Okay. Um, and then you're required to provide, obviously, evidence for those answers you're giving um, and stuff like that. And then it's a rated kind of weighting scale and you have to pass a certain threshold. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you get extra points and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would say the threshold is achievable probably for most small businesses. What's harder is to probably get your brand above, you know, uh, 90 or 100 points because that starts getting into a lot more of the nitty gritty details around your sustainability and ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say right now it's a great certification. Do I think it's worth it? It is a lot of administration for smaller brands to go through. So that would yeah. be like the biggest con is it just takes a mm-hmm. lot of time. And as a small brand, you may not even be tracking half the stuff you're doing or yeah. more. So like to ask what our carbon footprint is of our fabric supply chain, it's like my head almost explodes. I'm like, oh my God, how would I even figure that out? But like big brands would know because they've got like really big systems around some of this stuff. So I feel like in some ways it favors bigger brands, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I do think it's, it's good to think about what your customer would find relevant as well, less so than going for certifications just for like the heck of it kind of thing. So like, what does your customer actually care about? Do they mm-hmm. know about a B Corp certification yeah. or are they more looking at like certifications around organic or, mm. you know, you know, chemical free or, you know, yeah. what are those things or vegan? Like, yeah. so I think it's better to have a deep dive in that. Um, while we'll continue to maintain the certification, I do mm-hmm. think it is, um, and access to best practices in the industry and whatnot and ways we can improve our business. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's got like the consumer appreciation yet where it's like so broadly known amongst yeah. the general population. So I think if it's able to get that kind of scale, then I feel like it would be a real differentiator. Yeah, absolutely. And just for that certification, I feel like a lot of uh, owners and entrepreneurs don't really know about it. They, they've they heard about it, but they don't know what it is. So to ask for a consumer to know about it is like that other level. So, uh, but it's good to put it out there. It's good to let others know. Uh, just it gives that credibility. So you definitely will get uh, gain from it. But um, yeah, there are all kinds of certifications and to just uh, survey your customers first and make sure you're customer focused uh, when choosing what is important for them is definitely uh, the way to go. Wonderful. Um, maybe one last question for you. What is one resource such, it could be a book, it could be a person that really helped you or that you look uh, up to that has uh, had a significant impact on your journey? Hmm. That is a good question. I would have to go with... Um, Marie Forleo. She's a business coach uh, who runs a program called B-School out of States. And uh, the reason I choose her is because when I first started in Circled, I come from a family of non-entrepreneurs. I have one entrepreneur in my family and he's regarded as being like out there, right? Um, So I come from a very traditional family of, you know, office jobs, like Mm. go to work nine to five kind of thing. Um, and so I think entrepreneurship, it's just, I didn't have a community around people in entrepreneurship and specifically my friends were also in corporate jobs. So when I was first deciding even to start this business, it was very lonely because I think a lot of my friends thought I was kind of just joking around. Like, Mm. this is just like a fun hobby she's got going on. Um, so I really credit Marie Forleo for creating an amazing community through her B school, which I took in 2013 and 
I found like a bunch of entrepreneurs who are all in the same space all over the world um, and connected with them. And they, they really like encouraged me to like keep going and, and do a lot of the things that I've done today. And I think community is so, so important, especially if you're a solo founder, Mm because it can be such like a lonely and isolating process. So finding people who can be like your, you know, one of my, I wouldn't even call her my biz bestie. She's like one of my close friends Mm -hmm. now, but originally like a biz bestie I met through uh, somebody I met in that program. She Mm -hmm. wasn't even in the program. She's like a friend of a friend who she introduced me to over Twitter and she lives in Toronto and we just became really good friends and we've been friends for like, you know, nine years now. Um, So you never really know where those connections are going to lead you. So I do think that was like a really pivotal moment for sure. And I've worked with Marie ongoing, ongoing and coaching in her programs and stuff like that with my other business. And she's just such an inspiration um, with everything she's built, but she's truly at the heart of it, created an amazing community, which is something that, you know, ECF does as well, uh, quite well. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, that can be a real accelerator for growth. That that's true, definitely an accelerator, and it, it can get lonely sometimes. So I, I definitely get get you. And yes, I follow her too, and she's definitely wonderful. Haven't tried her program, but um, it, it looks really great. She's doing a lot of great stuff. So wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, um, Christy. Christy, where can people go to find you online if we want to know more about you or your company? Sure. Yeah. You can check us out encircled online at encircled.ca. That's E-N-C-I-R-C-L-E-D.ca. We're also on Instagram at encircled underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at Christy Sumer um, as well. Or you can pick up my dog at Harlow Doodle T.O. <laughs> on Instagram as well. Absolutely. I'm sorry she didn't make an appearance, but <laughs> she uh, sends her love. <laughs> next time, maybe. But thank you so much. She deserved a place uh, in the in the shout out. So thank you so much, Christy. It was so <laughs> nice you. having you today. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this journey with me. I hope you gained valuable insights and inspiration today to keep growing and taking action towards your goals. Please follow me on social media. Also follow us on your favorite podcast platform to get notifications every time a new episode is uploaded. See you next time.